Welcome back to Bag Atrocious. This is uh, Michael Beginsky, uh, your host, the Bagman himself. And today's episode is, it's not going to focus solely on one game. It's going to be a general what's been up with me, what I've been playing. It's going to be a shorter episode because dropping hour-long episodes of focusing on one game starting with Red Dead Redemption 2. That's been good, but I want to do that when I really feel something for a game. And these past few months, I've been playing a lot of games, so I kind of just want to talk about stuff I've played or finished or, as of now, recently completed. Uh, first up, well, let me talk about myself. I am doing so great today because yesterday I finally passed a road test that I've been trying to pass for over five years now, possibly since I either was or got in, I got out of high school. And the crazy thing is I nearly almost failed the road test because in the state of New York, and I don't know if this is the same thing for everywhere else in the country, uh, for a DMV sanctioned road test, if you gain 31 points from errors, you know, not observing cautiously, not doing parallel parking correctly, you will fail the road test. Now, I've usually exceeded that in the past. Like the last one before the one I completed, I had over 50 points. Even though... I don't even want to think about that, because... Oh, that was, that was rough. But... I got 25 points. Now, that means in terms of how the point system works to give you a short consensus, I was able to parallel park perfectly, three-point turn, turning into intersections, stuff like that. A lot of the times with these road tests, it's always about performing for the instructor because a lot of the things you do you're not going to do as much on when you're out there driving yourself because it's excessive. It's only to show like, hey, I'm I'm able to drive legally. And this is in this test shows you how. So it was minor errors like, oh, you turn left without looking and stuff like that, even though I was looking. And I can prove I was looking because I remember exactly. I made sure I looked constantly. But that aside, I passed my road test, and that was a, that was, it was a, it was a good happy moment I needed this month. I felt like I've accomplished a lot this year, not just with graduating uh, from college in May of 2018, but also, and also the the weight loss like. In September of 2017, I used to be 312 pounds. As of this recording on November 14th, 2018, at 11.22 a.m., I'm 198 pounds. I'm 198 pounds. I got to my goal of losing 100 pounds. Then I lost an additional after, well, I got to, I lost 100 pounds in under 10 months. That's the first thing. Then by, let's see, that was 
that'd be July. I lost 100 by July, then August, September, October, and then four months later, I lost an additional 14 pounds. So with that, I don't know, it's, it's been a lot to be happy about lately. So I just wanted to share that and talk about how some games I've been playing. One game I'll say I'll just go right off the bat that I just completed uh, like a few minutes ago was uh, Yakuza Kiwami, which is a fully remade version of the first Yakuza that came to the States uh, in 2005 for the PS2, I believe. Now, the first Yakuza game I ever played was Yakuza 6. That's a weird game to start your time with the series. But this is also coming from the person who played MGS4 as my first Metal Gear Solid game. And then Metal Gear Solid 1, and then Metal Gear Solid 3, then never completed Metal Gear Solid 2, because that gameplay does not hold up. I do not like Metal Gear 2. Not, excuse me, Metal Gear Solid 2. Metal Gear 2 for... MSX or whatever the hell it is, I don't know. I, I might like. Anyway, with Yakuza Kiwami, I enjoy playing a game where I get to hear Kiryu do Kiryu things, get an idea of how him and Haruka, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, uh, met. Some choices, because like I remember reading up on with this game how with the success. Ugh, when Yakuza 0 came out and they were building this game, they were trying to... Obviously, they had to redo a lot of the lines and and have a different engine with it, but also try to put it more in line with what came from Yakuza 0 in terms of narrative and whatnot compared to how the original game released. Obviously, the original released way before 0 ever came out, which came out here in... I believe January 2017, Yakuza 0 came out for PS4 uh, and I think 3. I don't remember. But Yakuza Kiwami, it's really hard to, like, flat out, the combat is fantastic in that game compared to 6, even though I really prefer 6 to Kiwami because it's hard to go back from the quality of life improvements that Yakuza 6 made to then, you know, I mean, this it's it's not a bad looking game. Kiwami is still a good looking game, but it's not on the Dragon Engine, all this work we put in to like cutscenes and presentation that 6 did. So, I mean, again, that's a matter of where you start with the series and I, it's still a competent game. If the visuals really bother you that much, then you might not like Kiwami, but honestly, it did not bother me at all. It just reminded me that I 6 looked beautiful in comparison, but Kiwami was still a lot of fun. Um, the basic premise, I mean, I guess it's as the same with the original, was Kiryu gets into some mess in terms of trying to find the mother of Haruka, and stuff like that, while also doing Yakuza shit, dealing with the different alliances, the Omi Alliance, the Nishikimi 
Kimiyama family, or that's just a character name that's that you've worked with or was with in Zero. Uh, Majima, still a big presence in that game, Goro Majima. Um, there were some weird choices, and it's not even with the sub-stories, but there were some weird choices in, like, dialogue. I mean, something that when I saw, because I didn't play Zero, but I watched an entire playthrough uh, from GiantBomb.com of Zero, and I got the gist of the game, and I've seen how the narrative went, so going into Kwame, I felt like I was familiar with what's going on was Kiwami had, excuse me, Zero had these moments where, how should I say this? I don't want to say it like a very, I don't want to sound like a someone who's really into marketing how woke they are. Kind of free. I'm not even making sense. Okay. There were moments of like self-referential and almost critical analysis of like writing of women in these games because women in, in the Yakuza games again the ones I've played have always been their hostess they they hope they're on a bar sometimes they have moments of strength but other time Kiryu either has to save them or just get them out of the way there's this weird moment involving uh, Kiryu's friends Data-san's daughter that is so unnecessary and so weird where it it kind of comes up again in terms with an interaction with um, Kiryu and Haruka where he basically slaps her and if I saw that moment in this game before I played 6 I would have felt so weirdly different with their relationship because I felt like in six, I could see fully how their relationship is so great. But then when in the first game, when you have Kiryu slapping Haruka as a discipline kind of way, because she's speaking up against him for not telling her certain things. It's really weird, kind of uncomfortable by it. And it makes me think differently of Kiryu. And I don't know if that's like, oh, this is how he was in this moment of time, because it's supposed to take place in 2005. The prologue in that game, which kind of surprised me, takes place 10 years before that. Because the whole thing was he goes to jail, he gets out, and then obviously what I said before. So, with that said, I still like the game. There's still some good Yakuza set-piece moments in that game. Not as exciting, again... I keep comparing to 6, but I just love 6 so much because I honestly... Uh, I honestly give the same credit of appreciation and love for that game as I do for like Red Dead Redemption 2 and Spider-Man because I feel like the presentation at 6 goes way and beyond to show what that team has done throughout the years in terms of like bringing this character following this narrative, you know, just just some good narrative beats in that game and some really silly, very silly video game-ass shit. I mean, I use a phrase, and granted, I get this... I use it now more because I... From GiantBond.com, Dan Reichert always uses it, where it's like, oh, this fight is some Metal Gear 4, Metal Gear Solid 4, two old men fighting on a submarine. Ass, ass shit. 
because it is. And I feel like that's a good comparison because when you have those stupid fights where the music is just picking up with the orchestra or lack of an orchestra, and they're just and these just two random men looking at each other and screaming. It's some dumb masculinity shit, but it's the kind that I freaking love because it reminds me of the stuff in Dragon Ball Z where it's just like, here's these two dudes just screaming like we're about to fight. And it's just, Yakuza has that in spades, and I love it for it. Six, again, six especially. I could just go on about six, I mean. But Kiwami, for what it is, it's fun. I don't think the sub-stories are as a, as enjoyable as six was, but there was a moment... And again, I haven't done all of them because I, I, I honestly, I don't think I'm going to continue with the game because I played a lot. Maybe I'll try to do some Majima Everywhere missions, which is basically a new thing for this version of the game where you have to, you might walk into Majima and defeat him in battle in different scenarios. And if you do, you get new moves for uh, one of your fighting styles, which is the dragon fighting style, since you're the dragon of Dojima. And I've only found a few of them. The other styles I use more, honestly, the Brawler, the Beast, and the Rush style, I believe they're called. Which I love. I love the different styles, and I wish that stuff was in 6. Because 6 was very basic in its combat. And not necessarily easy, but it was just very basic. Almost too basic. Um, but Kiwami was a lot of fun. And... Honestly, I, I want to see Kiwami 2 now. I want to play, like, I'm, I'm trying to save up money right now, but Kiwami 2 seems up my alley. Because it's on the Dragon Engine, maybe it's doing a lot of the same fighting with 6, but... Give me a moment. <coughs> Excuse me, I just burped. Um, but... I'm very curious with both Kiwami 2 and with this apparent re-release, but not necessarily remakes, just remasters of 3 through 5, because I think it was specifically, there was a thing with 3 that was reported how one of the actors in real life did some really gross crime criminal shit, and because of that, Sega just stopped acknowledging and involving that actor with the series after that so because they're releasing yakuza 3 again the only thing that's being remade is that character so not only do they have to animate and create a whole new character they have to re-record the lines with a whole new actor as well like that's crazy to me because you like this this company was just re like mastering it then we're going to make drastic changes that's a drastic change to not only replace an entire actor and honestly it's a for a good reason but also re-record lines with all the interactions that have that happen in that game that's a lot to do so i'm very interested to see how that's going to play out and i think it's three it's either three or four most likely three Next up, uh, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. If you want to see more fully in-depth and honestly spoilerific 
amount of details with this game. And granted, when I mean in-depth, I mean just my general thoughts. I don't go into every intricacy of every mission in that game. You can find my piece called I Played 77 Hours of Assassin's Creed Odyssey. <laughs> if I'm paraphrasing myself right. You can go to medium.com slash at bag man man to check that out. Plus a piece on playing Alan Wake eight years after it came out and how that was a kind of incredible experience to play that all on a laptop in your living room randomly. Thank God it can finally run it. Because <laughs> I bought that game when it was it was about to be delisted because they had to do some new rights issues, which they finally re-released the game back on PC. Don't know about Xbox yet, but they've dealt with like the music issues and whatnot with that game, which is pretty awesome. But you can also find a piece on that on the site as well. And I'm hopefully going to try to write more stuff, even though I kind of prefer recording podcasts and trying to do more with my YouTube channel. Anyway, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. That game, uh, again, to reiterate, I played 77 hours of that game. I think I'm done with that game. I'm not going to do the same thing that I did with, or with Origins, which I loved, in that I played through the whole thing. I didn't feel like it was a checklist. I just wanted to do everything in that game because I loved Bayek as a character. There was a lot in the game. I played 100 hours. The 20 hours includes 10 hours of the of both DLCs that came out for it. Here, there's like three fucking, excuse my language, three fucking, I say it again, main plot lines for like the main story that is just ridiculous in terms of the character, which you pick a character in this game compared to other uh, Creed games, which I'm going to use that way of shorten it now. Uh, between Alexios or Cassandra. And I picked Cassandra because from what I've heard from other people, Alexios, and then later see in the game, has some really, I wouldn't say nonchalant, but very excessive, I think I'm Gerard Butler, so I'm going to act with so much bravado that it looks like I'm not taking this seriously or not doing a good job at it, which I don't think the actor who played him did honestly i think the actress who played uh or the actor who played uh cassandra did uh, a very great job with material that was very boring and very trite but she still did a great job and she, her her performance dwelled really well with the work of, and animation that the team at ubisoft or the five or ten teams I never can keep track anymore, did for her animation during conversations. But the whole thing with Cassandra is, or Alexios, depending on you choose, is you're a person who was born in Sparta, who was cast out due to something. I don't remember what it was. And what she's also has now become a mercenary who has 
left the Spartan lifestyle, but still born a Spartan. And she basically goes on the journey to discover what happened to the rest of her family, because she wanted to know why she was why she was left and why the events that happened happened in terms of being casted out. And I'll just say I it was really boring to me, that specific plot and narrative thread, because how many more freaking pieces of story... Let me restate that. How many stories out there have we seen where multiple narratives involve someone being casted out, trying to find their family, either going against or trying to reconcile with their family and whatever ending happens, happens. How many stories have you seen stuff like that? Especially in games, especially in games here. It's just like, all right, I'm just going to go for the mo the motions even. And again, even with saying that Cassandra really convinced me as a character that she's doing her all to see her family and still do mercenary work and still be who she is. But again, the, the plot itself was boring. A second plot point that comes up that I won't go into too much involves a cult and how that cult plays into the game. It could be the weird Assassin's Creed nonsense that you like or it could not be depending on how much time you dedicate yourself to doing it i dedicated too much time to doing it because of how to hunt members of this cult you have to do specific things or find specific people to unlock them in this big ass grid to then hunt them down on the map go to them, get their item, and then find more hints to get their leader of this side of the cult before you ultimately get to the main members of the cult or whatever. It's weird. It ends weirdly, depending on what you do. And the third story, which spoilers, there's a third spoiler. That's the only spoiler I get. There's a third main storyline that is so ridiculous that I love it in how ridiculous it is. And it surprises me that something, and I'm not going to say what it is, but a boss battle that had footage released by Ubisoft on the internet is in related to this quest, I am so surprised that they even allowed that mission to be shown. It doesn't make sense because it takes everything you know about this series and confuses you even more about what is what. Is this the Animus doing it or is this just what happens now? That's all I'm going to say. Also, someone is mowing a lawn in the background because I have a window open and I'm going to leave it open because it gets hot in here and I don't want my nose to bleed. Anyway, with that said, I prefer Origins compared to Odyssey. 
because I felt like I was going down a checklist in Odyssey compared to Origins where I felt like, as Bayek, as a Medjai, I generally feel felt like I was helping people. I was still doing assassin stuff before an assassin's guild order was made, but I really think I would, again, I would say the same thing for Bayek as if I played Alexios. I think Bayek is a stronger character than both Alexios and Cassandra because he's more fully realized. There's more emotion in his performance. And also, there's some interesting uh, dealings of politics and societal stuff that obviously I can't... Obviously, with any Assassin's Creed game, how they approach certain aspects of history or of a culture can all depend on whether or not they did the actual research. One of the things that, again, this is a whole thing what Western civilization has done for a long time is approach Cleopatra as a very lustful queen instead of like how she usually, how she actually was, which was a righteous, very authoritative if you don't do this, I will have you executed kind of queen. In the game, she's more like, I love sex, and that's pretty much it. Like, that's all she's pretty much characterized in that game, and that sucks, because I like Cleopatra as a figure and sometimes in the game as a character. But Bayek just... There's just some. There's just so much more going on with Origins, and it doesn't... It Excuse me, it does help that and I can tell that this is from the team that did uh, Black Flag because in terms of, well, it, you can even tell how what Odyssey, that's coming from the team who did uh, Unity and I think Syndicate because of how aesthetically it looks compared to those games. And then with uh, Origins, how that, yes, visually it's very stellar and completely improved over Black Flag, but you can tell with how characters looked in Black Flag compared to Origins, how that's that same particular team who worked on this one. I always like pointing out or noticing stuff like that because when I first saw, like, reveal gameplay of that, it's like, oh, this this looks kind of like Black Flag, but with RPG stuff up the ass, so to speak. Um, but, yeah... Odyssey, go get Odyssey if you if you really love the series because it takes things in a very interesting direction once you get through all the main storylines. I'm just going to say that because the, the one that I won't spoil ends it on in such a way that made me lose my mind. And I have no idea where the series goes next after this. I have no idea. We have two years because they're not releasing a new, a new game in 19, releasing probably one in 2020. Who the hell knows? But on to, I'll say, the last game I'll speak on? Not the last game. I'll speak on maybe one or two more. Uh, Spider-Man. Excuse me. Marvel's Spider-Man. I completed the entire main game twice. Once 
on my regular playthrough, completing everything, 100% completion, platinum, get the secret photos for the secret costume, everything. And then I played it again on Ultimate Difficulty because of New Game Plus. Didn't do 100% completion. I just wanted to go straight through it. I love that game so fucking much. And it's not just because me, as Michael Baginski, speaking as a Spider-Man fan. I love it because it... One of the confusing things... And I wouldn't say confusing. One of the... No. One of the... You know what? Confusing. Confusing was the right word. I don't know why I stopped myself. One of the confusing things some people have approached with this game is, oh, is this dealing with storylines that pertain to the comics right now or stuff like that? And granted, depending on what you, if you read comics, take from this game, it could be. But at the same time, it really is its own story and blends in so many familiar elements from Spider-Man's history that it just honestly feels like the most accessible thing for people who like video games, like Spider-Man, and like playing Spider-Man video games would gravitate towards it. But it's also a Spider-Man game that is the most endearing and emotionally investing game that has ever come out in a really long time that a lot of people are not used to from Spider-Man and his cast of characters, and I love that because, honestly, playing this game reminded me of the first, or really the second Sam Raimi movie because it has a lot of emotional beats that just work and are not clueless or overly cynical or miss the mark. It... it, it Shout out to the actor, uh, Yuri Lowenthal, who plays Peter Parker. Uh, uh, after eight years of being Spider-Man in the context of the world and the story. How he, he really knows. I mean, everyone knows Spider-Man, but he really gets to the heart of how this character is in a way that for a while, my favorite Spider-Man... Okay, my favorite Spider-Man in animation was Josh Keaton in Spectacular Spider-Man that came out in 2008. And that was back when Sony still had the TV rights to air Spider-Man. So that would be on Kids WB and stuff like that. Only went for two seasons. Was going to have a third season, but after Marvel took back the TV rights to it, show got canceled and it ended on an incredible cliffhanger that still makes me mad that that show never got to continue granted out of this from the creator greg weissman of his shows that originally were never to continue young justice was able to continue so you know there's a silver lining with that but i wish spectacular spider-man had at least one more season anyway live action as of, I mean, Topher, excuse me, I don't even remember, Tony McGuire, he will always be my Spider-Man because he's the first one I ever saw in a movie. He will be because of what I grew up with. 
But Tom Holland really fucking captures Peter Parker in a way that, you know, you haven't seen before. You haven't seen him as a kid going through high school or really going through high school compared to, and as much as I like the actor, Andrew Garfield, what Sony tried to do was like this 30-year-old dude going in high school. It's like, come on now. Anyway, I just want to put that out of the way with my history with the... And also, the 90s animated Spider-Man. Forgot his uh, the name. And also the 60s Spider-Man. There's so many Spider-Man. Anyway, I love this game because it delves into right into the right emotional beats it needs to delve into in order to show why people love this character. Because if it was just like, oh, hey, this criminal's doing this, this criminal's doing this, like, it would just been boring. It would have just been Amazing Spider-Man 2 again that came out in 2014 from Beanox, back when Activision still published Marvel games. Which, man, I can't believe Activision doesn't publish Marvel games anymore. It's so fucking weird still. Um, but you know what? I'm going to take a quick break. Maybe there'll be a music interlude to continue from here. When I come back, I will go further into some story beats of why I love Spider-Man, but really I'm trying to, I want to record a full episode spoiling everything with that game. But I feel like it's too early still. So I'm just going to go into more general thoughts of like, again, story, gameplay, general um, emotional investment I had in this game. So, Bag Atrocious, we'll be right back after this short, maybe, musical, possibly, interlude. Stay tuned. And we're back. Once again, it's your host, Michael Baginski. Uh, Spider-Man. We were talking about Spider-Man. Or, I was talking about Spider-Man. God, I'm so lonely. Anyway. A lot of people are comparing the combat in this game to uh, the Batman Arkham series from Rocksteady and the One Lonely Origins game from <laughs> Warner Brothers Montreal, which I kind of liked. It was unnecessary, but it was, it was, it was, I liked the look of Killer Croc in that game compared to how he eventually looks in, in Night, Arkham Knight. That's just me. Anyway. But the comparison is fine, but it then expands on, you know, the combat plays to the strengths of what the character of Spider-Man can do. Almost like there's a saying. But I wonder what that saying is. Um, in terms of, like, utilizing your webs, just the general openness of a combat, quote-unquote, arena, in which you fight multiple enemies, and... The use of gadgets in ways that, depending on who you are and whether or not you like Spider-Man using gadgets, I'm okay with it. I have a lot of fun with those gadgets, especially the web bombs. I use that a lot. 
I sometimes use the impact webbing just because if there is a person that I just don't want to deal with, just shoot one off. Hopefully it gets to a wall. And just the general upgrades you can get, as well as perks. There's a perk system in this game that's kind of cool. Like, basically, it's, it's almost like a small amount of customization in this game, but not necessarily. Like, you can unlock different costumes throughout the character's history, and in the main game itself, except for maybe one or two, I think, maybe just one, each costume has its own a little ultimate ability you activate by pressing L3 and R3 together, or the left and right stick on whatever control you're using. And, for example, the classic suit that's not damaged does basically Spider-Man goes in the air and just constantly shoots webs everywhere and just webs anyone in the vicinity. Or another one that I like that is for a costume. I won't say what the costume is, but I'll say the ability is one where when you activate it, every enemy you punch once is defeated in one hit, but you're also defeated in one hit. So it ups, it's it's a risk-reward kind of situation with that, that I like. Uh, and then there's this perk system where you can, like, make it so you're less susceptible to bullet damage or melee damage. Or if, say, you wanted to, if you're doing a stealth challenge, or you're in a portion of the story that's involving stealth and you don't want to go right into a brawl, you can use a perk that makes you less quiet when you uh, walk towards enemies and whatnot. And stuff like that. It's, it's, it's really nicely outlined, and I actually like the system a lot. With the boss fights, which I won't go into... I'll go into the first one. I mean, it's not a spoiler. It's right there in the beginning. Uh, shocker. Uh, Shocker is a good representation of, like, if you don't like doing certain repeated actions repeatedly, such as dodge, press triangle when you want to, when you're finally able to web zip into them and then just keep punching them and then, a, and then a scene plays, this game won't be for you. I like it, you know, maybe they could have done something different with their boss fights, you know, I like it because... Visually, when in those fights, it's there's one later on. I won't go into what it is because I don't want to spoil the moment. But there's a fight later on that while I was playing and just looking at it as as I was fighting this opponent, I was like, "Holy shit, this looks fucking incredible!" Like this is all my doing. What I'm doing right now. There's no I'm once once the cutscene plays, it plays, but. Everything I'm doing in terms of how I'm moving, how I'm swinging, it it looks incredible. And those and the boss fights remind me of how cool those fights can be, even if it's simple like presses. But overall, I think the combat system is extremely better and extremely more fun to me than I will say Arkham Knight. Because while Arkham Knight really evolved the combat, it was still the same stuff, and I feel like Spider-Man has taken it up a notch, where if any other game with different kind of heroes come out, 
whenever, like whatever the event. I am so quick aside. I am so curious what the hell that Avengers game is going to be, but mainly how it's presented. Is it going to be third person? Is it going to be like that one canceled first person Avengers game that was like had footage leaked years ago, where you play as like Hulk or Sp or uh, Spider Man or whatever and fight the scrolls like i wish that game came out but i don't know what the hell this avengers game is going to be probably we'll probably know more maybe next year hopefully but um yeah th there has to be either something radically new or a, a continued evolution of what's from this spider-man game because i think this honestly takes the arkham formula and expands on it uh for the better so whatever, and honestly, I, if Rocksteady, I don't know what they're working on. There's been so many dumb, not dumb. There's just been so many interesting rumors like, oh, they're making a Superman game. Oh, they're making a game, a Batman game, but it's starring Damian Wayne. Oh, they're doing like, what? which the Damian Wayne one, which is weird. It's like, why, why would you make another Batman game starring his son when you stated outright that you you're done with the Arkham series. I mean, granted, they said Arkham series, they didn't say Batman in particular, but I think it's both. It's it's mainly Batman Arkham. They're probably going to do some different characters because they're under Warner Brothers. They'll do it, but I'm just curious because as much as I like playing uh, games with this kind of combat, and especially why I think Spider-Man takes it in a better direction. Playing games like, hell, with Yakuza Kiwami and a bit with Yakuza 6, you could do so much more with your combat systems in terms of, like, just the type of moves you have, the type of abilities that are at your disposal. Like, there's a lot of cool stuff you can do if... I don't want to say put the work into it, but if you further develop if you further move in that direction because honestly i think spider-man is closer to that direction and because i think yakuza has some really great combat it's simple but it still feels intricate and there's a lot of nuance to it especially uh in in kiwami six maybe not as much but kiwami especially and Honestly, in Spider-Man, you could do some really wild shit in that game in terms of... What was one thing I did? Took a gun out of a dude's hand, spin around, threw it at him, web-zip him, put him in the air, punched him a few times, then kicked him while I swang in the air, and then impact web him on a building all in one go. That's just great. That's... That's fun. That's exactly what I want from a Spider-Man game. Um, but yeah, that's... So far... I mean, so far, I completed the game. Well, so far, I recently completed the DLC involving um, Black Cat, and I'm going to be playing the other two DLCs, including the upcoming one, uh, with <laughs> Hammerhead. Which is interesting because Hammerhead. Was his name Hammerhead? Now I forgot if Hammerhead is 
that character's name. Yes, it's Hammerhead. What a dumb character. This is it's just an Italian mobster, but I got a really big dome and I and I bash people with my head because I'm a hammerhead, you see? It's like what what why? I mean, granted, I shouldn't be thinking that's a dumb character compared to almost every other Spider-Man villain and ones in recent years, or maybe just comic book characters in general. I mean, take, like, the fucking Rhino. Up until this game, no one has really delved into why Rhino does what he does. Uh, and I won't say again what they delve into, but... Rhino is just a, a Russian dude in a in a metal suit, <laughs> and I love him for that. But it's so weird. It's it's why make why, of all suits to make for him? Why one to look like a rhinoceros? Why? Why? I don't know. It's 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 funny to me. Um, last thing I'll quickly talk about, I'll say, uh, yeah, Observer. Observer, I played about maybe a few months ago, two or three months ago. I don't, it's been so long since I completed it. I played it all on, um, my laptop, because Twitch was being very giving in some of the, I think, summer months, maybe. With, like, here's some free games for the month, and one of them was Observer. And I'm like, I was always interested in playing this game. Maybe I'll play it now. Got to play it. Boy, it's... Cyberpunk as a genre is starting to get really, really crowded. And Observer almost adds to the crowd, but then it still strives to be its own thing to make it stand out. In terms of what it deals with in in, in regards to automate, I'm not going to repeat that word because I don't even remember how to pronounce it. But uh, just being of uh, what it means to be human and with robotics and whatnot. But also a really really exasperated performance by an actor who played the lead villain in Blade Runner. Like, everyone else seems to be knowing what they're doing and trying to put work into their performance. And I'm not saying he isn't either, but he half the time sounds like he just got off a cigar break and he just wants to rub lotion all over his ass. I know that's explicit, but that's what he sounds like. He sounds like a dude who wants to rub tanning lotion all over his ass. And then goes, that's nice. No where's my cyber shit. Like, that's what he sounds like to me in the game. I really like that game in terms of where it goes and how it ends. I won't say how it ends, obviously, but it ends interestingly. It ends in a way where it's there's no happy ending. There's no happy ending in this world, and I kind of like that. I, I like that. But I do not like is how games of 
this nature, which, you know, it tries, it's not necessarily a horror game, but it tries to mimic some horror design as of late in which you enter a certain area of a level and there is, you don't fight. There's no combat in this game and I'm okay with that. I like that there was no combat, but you have to avoid whatever quote-unquote monster creature is in this area up until you get up to the next area and continue forward in the portion that makes you avoid. It's It was the same thing with uh, Outlast, which, granted, that scared the shit out of me because it gets so dark in that game and having the camera on really scares me. But also, I really hate and really am tired of that type of game design where you have to avoid... Uh, someone without any way of retaliating back. The only rare except, exception to this is if it's in a game where, you know, for the port for this small portion, you can't fight back, and there's no way, and you have to get stealthily out of somewhere. But once you're done with it, you go back to how you've been usually playing the game, because it involves some kind of physical combat, I guess. I don't know. Like, again, I'm not saying it as someone who wants combat in their every game they play. I am more than fine playing games that don't have combat. But if you put something that basically impedes the player from progressing forward, and I can't fight back, and I get caught, and I have to go back to a certain point because your checkpoint system might not be that great, and granted... Observer has an okay checkpoint system. I'm not going to play your game because I wish you did not choose to design. I wish at good, another good example that had this and did not let me want to continue. And, may, and maybe I never will, even with them patching it with uh, a mode uh, that allows you to not deal with that shit is... It was from the people who made Amnesia, and they made a game where basically it deals with consciousness. I forgot the name of it. Specifically, Amnesia Descent, if that's the title of that game, which not from the people who made a machine of, for pigs or whatever it was called. They had where, granted, it was cool to avoid them. But they were so boring. It was like, why am I bothering this? I'm so interested in the story. And you're making me try to avoid these random creatures that can kill me instantly. It's so tiring. But that's just me. If it's... if I will add, if it's fully horror and... How do I say this? I don't mind. Actually, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just thinking this through. I don't mind avoiding enemies and not being able to fight back, but if it's not in a way that I find enjoyable, I don't want to play it. And some horror games, or just some games who do this type of design, it's just not my cup of tea. It's just so boring. <sighs> that aside, Observer, narratively does some really cool things that 
I wish the actor who played the main character felt like he gave a shit about what he was doing. Because half the time during the emotional moments, in terms of him and another character, he's he's hamming it up. It's it's like he was given the script in in a recording session, and then he looks up, is like, "Wait, I was recording for a video game." I see. I see. I'm just gonna do voices all day because I just like I like making dumb voices. Okay. Besides that, Observer had a really good story going with it. In terms of, it's the A word, autonomy. I think I said it right, autonomy and stuff like that. And if I'm not saying that, if I'm using the wrong word, right now I don't even care anymore because I can't remember shit. With that said. This will. This is the uh, end of the episode. It's it's around the length, probably of a, a usual episode of Bag Atrocious. If you'd like to listen more, you can find my podcast now. Thankfully, on a wide variety of platforms, you can find it on iTunes. You can find it on Overcast if you use that uh, podcast app. You can find it maybe on Stitcher, possibly Spotify considerably and possibly near not SoundCloud not SoundCloud I'm not going to put my SoundCloud out there I do not have a mixtape yet sorry but yeah whatever my wherever you listen to podcasts hopefully it will be there and if you want to show me any support in a monetary sort of way on my anchor FM page there's a place where you can basically donate money and I don't like using donate because if I'm, I'm not a charity I'm just some dude but if you'd like to offer some money because I am taking time out of <laughs> finding work to do this it would be much appreciated and if you don't want to that's also okay it's your choice I just give the option if you want to so, with that being said, this has been another episode of Bag Atrocious. Oh, before I go, next episode, I, I don't know what I'm going to do next episode, honestly. I'm thinking, again, doing a Spider-Man spoiler cast would be too soon. I may do something on a game that touched me personally in 2001. Oh, I wonder what it could be. You just have to wait and see. This is Michael Baginski signing out. Have a lovely day. I'm going to press stop now. Bye!